0: Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Components. I'm Ren, product marketer at Hereto and your podcast MC. I'm
1: Patrick, CEO here at Hereto. And I'm Jared, lead solutions consultant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly conversation about componentized and structured content. Hope you enjoy this 15 or so minutes of fun talking about everything from data to innovations in AI. All right, let's get into it. Hey there, welcome to Components. I'm your host, Patrick Posick. This is the Single Topic Podcast that discusses modern content strategy using structured and componentized content. Just like component content, each episode is short and about one thing. All right, let's get to it. Hey, Tim
0: here for episode two, talking with Patrick today about the key to happy, effective users and making content that's actually helpful.
1: Enjoy. you know, when you're somebody or you're an organization that needs the ability to or provide something, which is very complex, the reality is that your users are going to be coming from backgrounds that have some domain knowledge, but very rarely do they have complete knowledge of what you're providing. And the way that you, produce a happier and a more effective user is to get them the additional knowledge they need quickly, efficiently, and in a way that is, you know, uh, enjoyable for them. And I think that, you know, conditionalization and filtering and all that kind of stuff is, I mean, it's, you know, it's the blocking and tackling of that, um, of that, that activity. You know, it's not, you know, I think at some point in the future, we'll have AI that Will be able to do some some aspects of this a little bit for us, but like if your content is already tagged for conditionalization, that AI is going to be a lot more powerful. So like this is the foundation, this is the basic play, this is the 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 stuff you have to have in place to do this um, to do this effectively, even with advanced technology sitting on top of it. Right. The
0: more I hear about this, the more I understand that the intelligence of AI is pretty much based on the foundation that we build for it and that seems especially true in conditionalization
1: yeah I think that you're gonna find so from everything I've read which includes um, you know articles and papers written by you know some of the leading people in AI um, this wave of AI is never going to do... It's never really gonna do creation for us. You can do assembly, you can do a statistical analysis on assembly, but it's never gonna create. Now, can the next wave of AI do that? Maybe, you know, we don't know yet. I think that there's a huge gap between where we are now and where we would need to be for an AI system to be able to intelligently select and, you know, select content without any structure or metadata um, to produce to put, put it in front of somebody in a way that, you know, um, it was exactly what they needed. Um, but if you want to leverage the current set of tools that you get, um, well, you know, with advanced ML and advanced AI, um, you're going to be better off with highly structured, you know, metadata, rich content. And the other thing I think that is really important to note here is filtering and conditionalization, is really just a process run on metadata at the, um, the micro level inside of the content. So you're not like, when you're doing this stuff, you're not really going in and like conditionalizing content. What you're really doing is you're going in and you're saying, this paragraph has this metadata. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the metadata is audience. It's who it's for. The metadata is purpose. It's like what it's for. The metadata is the skill it associates with. Right? So even when, even if you're not going to necessarily use that metadata to strip this content out, it still has value because it's still showing you what it's specifically related to or not related to. So it's really just a process of tagging at a, at a finer grained level than we're, than we're used to, right. which I think is, um, which I think is a more understandable paradigm for a lot of people. Totally. God, it makes me want to
0: branch off into a whole metadata talk, but for another time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah,
0: seriously. <laughs> um, okay, so let's say you're a person just hearing what we're talking about right now, and they look at their content and they get sad because it's only meant for like... One audience. There is no conditionalization. Um, how do they start? Like, what makes content a candidate for conditionalization? Like, how would you how would you explain to someone who's got a library of content that's never been touched as far as separating audiences or purposes? How would you tell them what content is meant to conditionalize or best to conditionalize?
1: That's <laughs> That's a hell of a question. Um, I know that's a lot. (laughs) So it's very case by case, I think. So the low hanging fruit is always, uh, variations in product Mm. like product lines, like that one's the easiest every single time. So if your product comes in different versions, um, so, you know, going back to like the washing machine or the dishwasher example, you know, if you've got the um the super wash one hundred and you've got a super wash one hundred one and a superwash one hundred two, you know, if if it, you if you have like different versions of this for you know having different features or different um applications or um different like hookups, you know, like I, I've got a, a washing machine um here that I use that uh it's got a a slightly different set of hookups than a standard washing machine. So like it's the same washing machine, but the hookups are a little bit different, Um, which is the thing I didn't realize for a little while, Which, but it's an interesting, it's interesting, right? So like, you know, the washing machines, uh, the manual for that is going to be the exact same as like a standard version of it. But the, the single piece of information on hooking it up is going to be a little bit different. And like, that's, that is the like the 101 like lowest hanging fruit case for conditionalization if your product comes in multiple varieties multiple skus that have differences right. that cause content to be different you should be conditionalizing period um and i think well i would have thought before we got into this um when i say this i mean you know uh the what our company does that most organizations would already have that figured out who have this case, but there's a lot of companies that don't and dare I say it could possibly be the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure about that, but you know, it's, it's that in that case is a slam dunk. Like it makes a ton of sense. It's good for scalability. It's good for sanity. It's good for the, um, it's, it's good for just the ability to be sure what's right. Yeah. Because, you know, oftentimes you get in a situation where, you know, if you've got 10 versions of this washing machine and you have to make a change to a piece of content, which impacts all 10, you know, if you had to duplicate each set of content for the, you know, the parts that are different between those 10 things, you have to go and make 10 changes. Um, and, you know, that's just not, that's not scalable. It's not acceptable. It's a waste of time. It's not efficient.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a a writer's living hell too. I think a lot of writers live in that hell. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) All right. I guess on the flip side of that, for starting there with like the one-on-one low hanging fruit, is there a, have you ever seen instances where companies over conditionalize content? Is that possible?
1: Yeah, I have. It seems like it
0: could be possible.
1: (laughs) No, I totally have. So, uh, one of the first projects I worked on in this industry was one of the, uh, the first customers that, um, bought easy data. It was not the first customer, but it was like, it was, they were like, probably one of our first five customers, they were conditionalizing single letters, like literally like single characters. What? Um, yeah, no, totally. So they, they were, they had conditionalized to the, so they had an, an application, a business application um that ran on mobile devices and on desktops and something else too i can't remember this is this is going back a little ways i can't remember exactly how this worked but they ended up having a problem with their implementation after they've been working on it for a couple of months we got in there and they they were literally wrapping uh individual characters and tags and conditionalizing them and then like nesting them so there would be like nested conditionals like going down from like a a sentence to a phrase to a word to a character and um yeah it was really wild um and they were like we can't figure out how to maintain this and we were like what have you done (laughs) like it was really really wild um and um it was a super interesting case. Like you could see the logic and how they decided to get there, but there's this interesting balance between having so much of this that you, you have to maintain cause you have to maintain it when you build it. Right. So it's very easy to maintain conditionalization at like a paragraph or, you know, a whole sentence or a figure or a code block or a topic or even a whole manual, right? Because these are like big chunky things. Um, but when you start to get down to things, which are a lot more granular, um, the amount of cognitive load it takes to even just look at it and be sure what you should change when you should change it gets to be so high because you're literally parsing like in this case, you're parsing letters into words into your head trying to figure out whether or not what you put in here is right for the set of conditionals and it's just you can't maintain it so you know in that case what they really should have done um and you know today after having much more experience with this you know we would have avoided this case um because you know uh we have um you know very structured onboarding and advisement and you know we kind of are able to keep people from doing these kinds of things because we've got a lot of more experience but today what we would have advised people to do would have been to use uh variables which would be key referencing uh in data speak and to uh mix that with conditionalization and their variable sets basically um so you know data key referencing one of the benefits of the way that data has set up key referencing is that you can do really complex conditionalization in combination with key referencing. So they still could have accomplished what they wanted to, and it still would have been a pretty complex case, but it would have been maintainable. Um, and it would have been something that would have been, it, you would have had the ability to maintain it. So, you certainly can over conditionalize. You can certainly over variableize your content. Um, I think that actually, um, our set of, our, our set of documentation, that our first set of documentation that we built was, you know, over variableized. Like there were too many variables in it. We've we've pulled back on that a little bit, um, not 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 a ton. Like I wouldn't say we've we've pulled back fifty percent, but we probably pulled back twenty percent. Um, so you can you can you you can overuse these mech- mechanisms, and it definitely pays dividends to stop and think about the way you're going to use the tools before you just go and use them. You know, it's like building a deck. You can have a bunch of lumber and you can have all the tools you need, but you don't just go like start sticking posts in the ground or nailing things together. Like, you know, you take the time to really like lay out how you're going to do it. Right. It's like any other construction project. And and I think that's a really valuable thing for writers to keep in mind um, is that when writing in structure, I think most writers know this, but you know, for writers who are a little bit newer to structure um, when writing in structure writing is a, is a um, it's a mixed activity. It's no longer just writing it's developing. So like you're building content, you're not writing content. Like writing is an aspect of what is done when performing technical content creation, but it is not, the only thing which is done because you're in when you're using structured content you're building content you're not just writing content i
0: like that example <laughs> I can just stick posts in the ground and start nailing things together nope it's not the way to do it <laughs>